Tonight, uh, we're going to kick off where we left off um, by uh, talking about, man, who I am uh, in Christ. And uh, so the message is called, uh, I am in Christ. And uh, and so it's really creative, I know. Uh, But uh, this phrase, in Christ, I'm going to give you just a little Bible trivia up front. You guys okay with that? I know it's not super exciting, but if you're trivia people, you'll enjoy it. So uh, in uh, in the New Testament, uh, the phrase, uh, in Christ, uh, or some form of it, is used 164 times, which is uh, quite a lot, uh, considering how long the New Testament is. Uh, and, and do you know how many times uh, the word Christian is used? Six. Six? You can do it on one hand. One hand. <laughs> seven, finger, seven finger Tomas, that's why he's good at guitar. Uh, three times. I even did, I even like formed the number in my hand before I asked, but Three times the word Christian is used, and, and uh, some have said uh, that in Christ is actually a, a better uh, name uh, for a Christian than Christian, uh, because, man, uh, the Apostle Paul, the early church, man, they referred to themselves as in Christ, not Christian. And, and so we're going to look at, man, what does it mean to be in Christ? Now, last week, we, we looked at this idea that, that all people are made, that we are created by, um, by our Heavenly Father, and that He he, he made us with a purpose, and that purpose was to know him and glorify him. And, uh, and, and one of the, the things that we, we looked at is that, uh, man, as created beings, uh, we're accountable to God uh, for our choices. Uh, we're dependent on God uh, to meet our needs. Man, and when we're broken, uh, often we, we need a Savior to remake us, to make us new. And so we ended the message by looking at this verse. I thought we could look at it again together. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's a great verse. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, uh, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Or in other translations, it says, uh, you are a new creation. Uh, the old is gone. Uh, the new is here. And so, man, when we're in Christ, uh, uh, something in us uh, goes from, uh, from old to new. And, and, and so, uh, so we're going to look at this idea of, man, what does it mean to be in Christ? And, uh, and being in Christ is really uh, everything about the Christian identity can be summed up in these two words in Christ. And, and really all of the messages in the rest of this series, uh, not next week, not the week after, but, but in three weeks from now, man, are, are, um, it's essential to understand, man, what does it mean to be in Christ? And so we're, we're going to uh, dive into, into that. But could I just uh, pray for us and then, uh, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll keep, keep it going? Yeah? All right. Uh, Father God, thanks for these people. God, thank you so much uh, that you brought them here. God, and whether or not they identify as, as a believer, as, as someone in Christ or not, God, I pray that, man, your hope would meet them. God, that your love would meet them. God, that they would come away refreshed in their spirit and, and desiring to follow you uh, because they believe, um, and that you uh, are good. And, and so, God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, that you'd meet us where we're at. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, so uh, how many of you guys are iPhone people? iPhone people, yeah. If you're not an iPhone person, no, no, uh, I'm not, you know, you're cool too, but, uh, but I'm an iPhone person. And uh, uh, last year, I was still using the iPhone 8, uh, and, uh, and it was working okay for me, a little smaller. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden, the little charging port stopped working, right? And so I was like, oh, I'll just take it and get it fixed, right? You guys know, it just wore out. It was getting old. And uh, I took it to the place, and they're like, yeah, we can't fix this for you. And I'm like, why? They just really didn't have an answer for me. So I'm like, I took it to another place, couldn't fix it for me, so had to get a new phone, right? And, uh, and so I, got, I went from iPhone 8 to, do you guys know what this one is? Uh, it's, the, it's the XR in red, because you only live once, right? And uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh, somebody's texting me right now. <laughs> it's probably one of you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I went to the X, uh, iPhone XR. Do you guys know what the difference between the 8 and the XR is? iPhone people? The color's different. It, from the 8 to the XR, the, uh, they got rid of the button, the home button. 
Uh, I may be mixing up my iPhones, but I, I went from button to no button. You guys, anybody make that change? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, this phone is amazing, but when I first got it, I was like trying to unlock the phone and like I couldn't even open my phone. Like I, I didn't know how to turn it off because the button's in a different place and you have to do like a different thing. There's a swipe involved, right? And, the, and there's all of these things like facial recognition. I missed the fingerprint. You guys, uh, about the fingerprint, right? Probably you're like, you know you can do the fingerprint, right? Like you probably have a way to do it. But anyway, so there's all of these new things uh, and, and now I love them. They're incredible. But, but when I first made the change, it, it made me so angry, right? Because I didn't understand, uh, man, what was new and why it was new. Are you guys with me? And, uh, and when we read a verse like this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, uh, we, we have uh, maybe a, a few different thoughts that, that roll through our mind. First, uh, you might think, well, am I, like maybe you've been at church, to church a long time, but maybe you think, man, am I really in Christ? Because I don't feel that different. Like, I don't feel that new. It still f- seems to do all of the same things, right? Like phone calls, text messages, Snapchats, you know, all that. Uh, I, and, and so we, we, we wonder, maybe, maybe I'm not even in Christ. Or, or, or maybe you're the sort of person who, who uh, uh, you, you hear a verse like this and you, th- you think, well, I'm not sure I actually want to be a new creation. I kind of like who I am, right? Like, I, I don't know if I want to be uh, uh, completely different, right? And so some people are like, ah, that in Christ thing, maybe not for me. Or uh, maybe this is you, right? And, and I expect that, that there's some people in the room that feel this way. And you think, well, yeah, when I, when I first got, got saved, when I first met Jesus, man, it felt new, but, but now I just feel tired and worn out, right? And, and so we, we read a verse like this, and, and, and it's hard to sort of understand what, what being a, a new creation means and why it's helpful. It's sort of like moving uh, from uh, an old iPhone to a, a new iPhone. For, for some people who are tech savvy or who read instruction manuals, right, it's a great thing. For me, it was frustrating, at least for a time, until I figured it out. And here's the point. Uh, if you understand uh, uh, how something is new and why something is new, you can begin to, to make it work for you. And, and the same is true uh, of, of understanding what it means to be in Christ. If you understand what it means to be in Christ, you can make your new identity work for you. Does that make sense? And that's why tonight is, is so important and so valuable. It's because we, we get a chance to revisit this, this essential foundational truth about what it means to be a believer in Jesus and, and why it's so valuable and how it's so transforming. And, and so I, I'd love to just dive into the first point, uh, that, that being new in Christ, being in Christ, uh, means I have a new representative. So uh, when, when, we, when God makes us new, uh, the first thing that he makes the first thing that he makes new about us is that we have a new representative. In other words, he doesn't change my DNA or my personality type. He doesn't change my strengths or my weaknesses, but he changes, man, who represents me. Anybody ever watch like uh, crime television shows or like uh, lawyer shows, right? Like uh, I was watching an episode of Bull last year. You know, you know the Bull is the, he's the name of the guy. It's not a great name, but it's a good show. But, but it, this is every episode, right? Like the guy's got a terrible lawyer and, uh, and, and Bull walks and he's like, I'm going to represent you. I'm taking your case, right? And then, then he, he's like a guaranteed win, right? He, he, he gets a new lawyer because the, the old one's bad. I, sorry, I didn't think about how to explain that. But you guys with me? Like, yeah, a new lawyer, new representative, right? And, and uh, man, being uh, in Christ means I have a new representative. And, and, and here's a question for you. If you showed up in God's courtroom today, uh, who would defend you? Like, just think about it. Like, who, who, who would defend you? 
Because before you, uh, before you entrust your life to Jesus, before you become a Christian, before you man, call yourself a believer, before you can say, I am in Christ, you are your defender. Uh, you, and, and you hear people do this all the time. Maybe you're a person who does this. You, you're quick to defend your actions. You're quick to defend your track record. And you might say, well, I've done more good than bad, right? Like, I've said that, I think, <laughs> more times than once. Uh, this is one I, I really like. I've, I've shared this one with, with you before. But, well, I've never killed anybody, right? Like, like as if that's, like, the gold standard. Like, no murder. I, I robbed a, an Apple store, but whatever. It's cool. I, I'm not fixated on my phones right now. But, uh, uh, or uh, this. This is a good one, right? You might point the finger and say, uh, well, what I, what, I, what I did wasn't as bad as that guy. <laughs> like, that guy's a joker. And, and that's what, I, what I've coined and I like to call uh, the I'm not Hitler defense, right? Like, I'm not as bad as Hitler, right? Like, but, we, you guys, but we do this, right? Like, we, we defend ourselves. We, we, um, we try and, and prove that we are good, not bad. That we are worthy, not unworthy. But, but here's the problem. It is the longer... Uh, that you represent yourself, the more exhausted you get. Because, man, defending yourself is exhausting, right? Just convincing someone is exhausting, right? Like, like if, if you try and convince someone who's, like, not interested in Toy Story 4 to go to Toy Story 4, you'll be tired, guaranteed, right? Like, it's, it's, it's hard to convince people to change their minds. Uh, and and uh, to make matters worse, right, it's, it's exhausting to defend yourself against a perfect all-knowing God, right? Like, you're like, well, well, you don't understand. You don't, you weren't there. Like, it's like, no, I like, I saw the whole thing. I was, you guys, it's exhausting. Goes, okay, all right, we'll keep moving. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and, and here's, here's the thing. If, uh, if, if you're, if you're really good at, at representing yourself, you'll do it for a long time and then you'll get tired. But if you're not good at representing yourself, right, at, at defending yourself, of, of standing up for yourself, then, then, then you begin to live with this assumption, right? You begin to think things like, well, I'm no good. I'm not lovable. Uh, uh, maybe somebody else should do it because, man, I failed the last time. Uh, uh, that, uh, you, you begin to think, man, maybe I don't matter at all, right? When, when you are your defense, when you are Man, the person who, who stands up for I mean, your worth and your value and, and your place before God, it, it becomes exhausting. And, and, and something happens when you do this. When, when you can no longer defend yourself against God, you find that you, you actually can't defend yourself any longer against your own accusations. Like you begin to accuse yourself like, man, I'm no good, right? And, and, and here's what that's called. It's called shame. Uh, that, that shame is when you, you failed to meet your own standard. You're disappointed with your Self, and you begin to hide from people, hide from God, and, and, uh, and uh, uh, pull back from the things that you love. But in Christ, in Christ, we have Jesus as our representative. Isn't that good news? That that's part of what it means to be in Christ, that he is our defender. And he defends us in, in, uh, in a lot of ways, but there's two ways specifically that I'd like to look at uh, tonight uh, briefly. Uh, and, and the first one is, is this. This is his method of defense. He, he accepts uh, the punishment for my sin. Man, he, he represents me by taking my place where I've failed, uh, taking my place where I have been uh, evil and done uh, wrong. And, and this is all over the scripture uh, but uh, but it, there's a, a really um, just a straightforward verse. You can look at it in your outline so you guys can keep filling it in. But it says this in Romans 8.1. It says, uh, therefore, uh, there is now no condemnation, no judgment uh, for those who are, in, who are in 
Christ Jesus. There that phrase is again. And then it says this, because through Christ, uh, Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, uh, let's just leave that verse up there for a minute. And uh, do you see the legal terminology in there? Uh, condemnation, um, law set free, right? Um, as if uh, prison bars are being opened, chains are falling off. It, it's as if, uh, man, when you're in Christ, uh, God, our judge, our good and perfect and righteous, righteous judge just loses the gavel. He just tosses it out the window, right? Like that's, man, that's what this verse is saying is that, uh, that, that ultimately God will not stand in judgment over you when you are in Christ because, man, Christ has taken the penalty for you. And, 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 uh, and you, guys, you guys catch what I'm saying? That, that Jesus is our representative and he takes our penalty and so instead of receiving uh, death, which is meant what, what from the very beginning of the Bible says is the, the result of sin. Sin leads to death. The wages of sin is death. We receive life, life in Christ. Now, uh, uh, just briefly, uh, uh, you may have this objection rolling through your mind. I'm going to read it so that I don't get it wrong. But this is what I used to think when I heard people talk about, man, uh, the punishment for sin, judgment, like sin leading to death. I was like, isn't that kind of extreme. Isn't there like a whole punishment fits the crime thing, right? And, and, and so you may be thinking, well, why does God punish me anyway? Isn't, isn't death kind of extreme, right? The punishment should fit the crime. And, and, and you see, like, anybody been there, right? Like we, we, we're like, like, why does Jesus have to die? Like, I, I'm basically a good person, right? Like that's our reaction. Are you guys with me? Right. But, but do you see what's happening there? It is, man, uh, that, that's a, an example of what it means uh, to represent yourself, to say, well, I, I shouldn't be punished at all, let alone be, be uh, uh, killed because I'm basically good, right? Like, do you, see, you guys see how easy it is to sneak in? Like, even as believers, we can do it. We, can, we can start to say, no, 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 I, I'm good. I, I'm deserving. I, I'm worthy. And, and it, and it sneaks, sneaks in because we, the idea of being judged by God is uh, offensive to us when we're walking in, in sin, but, but here's the deal. When, when Jesus is your representative, you don't even think that, right? Like when you, when you understand that Jesus is defending you, you don't even worry about it because uh, Jesus isn't making, uh, making a case where it's like, well, he did this, but he didn't do that. She did this, but she didn't do that. But, but mostly she's good, right? Like that's not how Jesus makes the case. Jesus, he just simply takes your place, right? And, and, and that's what it says uh, in, in the scriptures. And, and the gospel of Jesus is this, that, uh, man, where were you, you were a sinner, he took your place. And, uh, and that's how the Bible describes Jesus' death in 2 Corinthians 5. Check it out. It says this. Uh, for God made Christ, who never sinned, so Jesus lives a perfect life, doesn't deserve to die, doesn't deserve penalty, doesn't deserve uh, um, to, to hang on a cross. And then it says this. Uh, to be the offering for what? Our sin, so that we can be made right with God through Christ. And, and here's why this is a game ch changer, right? If, uh, if, your defender in God's courtroom, if, if your defender in God's courtroom is you, uh, then, then there's always the chance uh, that, that you lose the case, right? Uh, but if man, the defender in God's courtroom is Jesus, man, you're, you're confident beyond measure uh, because he, he knows everything. He is perfect in every way. And, and uh he, he has a relationship with God that holds some weight, right? It holds some authority. And, and here's the really cool thing, right? Is uh, if God defends you before God, then how much more will he defend you before others, right? And, 
and here's, here's the amazing thing. When we think about being in Christ, being made new, and having a new representative, uh, we begin to live our life more honestly. Uh, we begin to live our life more honestly. We, we stop hiding from people because we know that we, we, we have no need to hide from God. And more than that, we begin to live more confidently because we know that, man, even if people reject us for, for being honest about who we are and where we struggle and where we've stumbled, even if people don't offer us forgiveness, we know that, that God will be there to defend us, to help us, to provide for us. Do you, do you see how this works? That when we begin to, to understand what it means to be in Christ, it changes the game for us. And, um, and so often, right, we, we aren't open, like we aren't secure we aren't confident. As a Christian, uh, are you defensive of your lifestyle? Like as a person, uh, are you, are you a, a person who, who tends to blame others for what goes wrong in your life? Uh, are you secretive about uh, sin in your life? This is an example of, of someone who, 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 though they may be in Christ, have forgotten or never learned what it means to be made new in Jesus, to, to have a representative that is not you, but is him. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? That, that uh, man, being made new in Christ, being in Christ means that, that no, matter, no matter my track, track record, no matter how much I'm struggling today, uh, that when I stand before God, he, he doesn't uh, slam the gavel down. Instead, he offers me his grace and his help to live differently. Do you, you see how this works? Why this is so significant? Like how cool would it be, right? If every believer uh, didn't lie about their sin, but instead uh, received God's help uh, to live a life of love and goodness towards their, their neighbors and their families and their friends. Like you think of uh, how different churches would look? Like I, you, 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 if you ask the question, well, like, I, or maybe you're a person who's like not in a church because of all like the, the pastors who have like had affairs or uh, all of the church leaders who've, who've done terrible things uh, in the name of Jesus, right? And, and, and uh, just ask yourself this question, uh, were those people hiding or were they living as, with Christ as their representative? And you'll find every time that they weren't living in Christ, they were hiding their sin because they, they loved the darkness more than the light. Are you with me? And, and so this is why it's so important to understand who we are. And in Christ, he is our representative. And it leads us to be honest and to be confident and, and to a posture where, man, I'm going to receive from God in every moment. That's what happens when Christ represents you and accepts the punishment for your sin. But uh, when I stand before God, a second thing happens. When, when he is my representative, uh, I also receive the credit of Christ's righteousness. Now, this is sort of a, a theological um, idea, and, and it's, it's sort of wordy. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of how to say it differently. But, uh, but it, it, I could say it this way. Uh, when, when Christ represents you, he doesn't just represent you in the negative. He represents you in the positive. Uh, he, he looks, he looks um, uh, to not just zero out your debt, uh, but give you uh, an inheritance that you could never earn on your own. I mean, listen to how Romans puts uh, this idea in, in chapter 5, 17. It says this, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. In other words, he says, uh, Adam uh, is, is one representative of humans, right? And, and, when, and when, we, uh, when we represent ourselves as people, as humans, man, it leads to death. And then it says this, but, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. Did you guys catch that? The gift of righteousness. And, and then it says this, for all who receive it will live in triumph, over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Now, now uh, 
notice, right, in Christ we receive a gift of righteousness, not just forgiveness, but righteousness. And, and righteousness is just, uh, is just God's way of saying of being completely right with him, uh, of being uh, um, uh, living uh, um, in, in an acceptable way in every area of your life. And Jesus lived that perfect life. And, and, and the Bible says that, that that righteousness is imputed to us. And, and as a result, man, when we receive it, we live in triumph. Is that, is that not cool? Like uh, that um, uh, you, you're, not, you're not just not a criminal, but you're a hero. That you're, you're, uh, you're not a debtor, but you're also, uh, man, a person who's, who's uh, able to bless others from the abundant riches uh, that you have in, in Jesus. Uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, and, and, and you may be thinking, well, well, how could that be? And, and like, why is that even important, right? And, and here's, um, here's a, a story that sort of puts it into perspective, into, into a picture, right? Um, there was a father who wanted his daughter to understand, his young daughter to understand what it meant to, um, to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, to be, to be given uh, the credit for Christ's righteousness. And, and he, uh, um, at the end of dinner, he said, uh, I'm willing to, to make a great exchange with you, daughter. <laughs> I, I'm not going to use the names, but uh, I, I'm willing to make a great exchange with you, daughter. I will give you your napkin for a $20 bill. And for uh, a six-year-old, a $20 bill is pretty baller, right? High rolling in, in, in the early 2000s, making it rain, right? And, uh, and she's like, she pulls out her napkin. And uh, a napkin after dinner, even for a six-year-old, uh, is generally torn. It's soiled. It's moist right? We were having a conversation about that word. I know it's, it's wet, it's gross, like it's, it just makes you recoil, right? And, um, and uh, yeah, are you guys with me? And he says, I, I'm, I'm willing to, to give you, man, $20 for your napkin, right? And she's, no-brainer, right? If I made that, that trade with you right now, you, you'd be in, right? It, it's an easy trade, but, but here's the point, is that uh, men, to receive uh, Christ's righteousness, we have to give something up. And, and so uh, he, he said to his daughter, man, you have to give up your napkin to get the $20 in the same way that you have to give up your sin, uh, your sinfulness, right, uh, to receive God's grace. In, in other words, uh, not, not that you have to stop sinning, uh, but that you have to trust that Jesus has dealt with it. Uh, that Jesus, uh, in his death on the cross, buried your sin with him. And this is, man, this is what it means to be credited Christ's righteousness. That not only uh, does God uh, throw away our sinful, our most sinful deeds like a dirty napkin, right? That has no, no worth. But, but also, man, he credits to us uh, what he has earned for us. Are you guys with me? Isn't that, that, isn't that not incredible? Uh, isn't that incredible? Not you guys with me, uh, but but when Jesus represent, represents you, you're not uh, you're not only not a loser. I can't think of a way to do this and not double think this. But you're also a winner, right? Like you, you didn't just uh, make make it through. You're victorious. Are you, you guys see how powerful that is? Uh, and and under, understanding this is such a game changer because uh, so often uh, we, we come to church or we come to Christian relationships, uh, we come to the Bible and we, we think that we need to fix ourselves. 
Uh, we think that we need to, uh, to earn God's favor. We're, we're striving to, uh, to learn something so that we can deal with a, a sinfulness or deal with a, um, a, an emotional brokenness. We, uh, and, and so we, we, come, uh, we come to God and, and we're trying to fix a problem instead of just receive his grace. You guys, are you guys with me? And, and, then, and then, man, reading the Bible is, is frustrating because it's a reminder that, man, I'm sinful uh, then, uh, then meeting with uh, a Christian brother or, or sister is phony because we don't want them to know how broken we are. Uh, then coming to church just makes us feel guilty because it's a reminder uh, that we're still sinful and broken. You see, being made new, being in Christ doesn't mean that your sin disappears. It means that, that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. I mean, he sees Jesus in all of his perfection and all of his goodness. It's incredible. And, and it's a game changer because it, it, it frees us to receive from him without feeling like we have to earn anything. There's a big difference between, man, putting in effort and feeling like you have to earn something. And, and, and it's, uh, it's incredibly important because uh, until you understand these two things about what it means to be in Christ, that, that he is our new representative, uh, it, it's, it's impossible to, um, to experience him transform your life in the present, uh, to actually change those things that, that you're not so proud of, uh, to actually see uh, an attitude shift from uh, selfish to, to self-giving, right? It, it, it's not possible to receive from him in a way uh, uh, that transforms us and that sustains us and that fuels us and that fills us. Man, until we understand that, man, we can come to him not because we're good, uh, but because he's good. And, and this brings us to, to the, the second thing uh, that uh, being in Christ means and being a new creation means. It means uh, I, I'm connected to a new source. Uh, li- listen, you're, uh, when, you, when you follow Jesus, your strengths and weaknesses don't change. Uh, you, your DNA doesn't change, right? I know I'm being repetitive, but, but what does change is that, man, the thing that sustains you and, and fuels you and motivates you and inspires you is altogether different. Uh, because be, when, you're, when you're in Christ, you're connected to a new source. Theologians, they call this a, a living union. Uh, and, uh, and what they mean is that in Christ, we find a new vitality, like a, a new reason for, for living. And it's all over the New Testament, right? Jesus says, I am the bread of life, right? Uh, or, or he says, uh, I am living water. <laughs> that was close. You guys are good. Uh, uh, he says, uh, we are the vines and he is the, or no, he is the vine. We are the, I mix it up. You guys are good. You guys are good. Okay. Uh, or um, he is the head. We are the body. Okay. Oh, you guys are doing really good. Uh, he's the father and we are his. Woo. And we also receive an inheritance from him. But here's the point, right? Uh, vines can, can get severed, or branches can get severed from the vine, right? Uh, limbs can atrophy and, and uh, you know, lose their effectiveness. Kids can go all prodigal on the Lord, right? They can wander away. They can reject who he is. Uh, but, but we have this new identity in Christ. He is our source, but we still need to receive from him. And, and, and here's, uh, here's why I started with the first point, right? It's because uh, we, we, I mean, we can be uh, forgiven, we can be in Christ and, and forgiven and, and still be disconnected from the source. We, we can still be empty, right? Because, because uh, man, Christ is as a representative, but he's also our source. And our source is something that we need to receive from. 
And, and, uh, and here's, here's the problem, is that uh, oftentimes uh, we have sin in our life that is unaddressed, uh, unconfessed, uh, that, that is not dealt with, that keeps us, from re- keeps us from receiving what God is giving us. And so, man, God is not far, he is not withholding, uh, but we are unable to receive. And, and, and the answer, um, man, to why we struggle to receive from the source that we have uh, is, um, is, is sin. And, and Jeremiah, he describes uh, the sins of God's people in a really interesting way, and I'd like to take a look at it uh, briefly. But can you guys look down at your, your notes at Jeremiah 2, 13? It says this, my people have committed two sins. And, and he, so he says, uh, these are people who have a relationship with me. Uh, they've heard from me. Uh, they, they know what it means uh, to walk with me, right? These are people that I let out of Egypt, out of slavery. Uh, I've established for them uh, a kingdom in Israel. These are my, peop- my, my people, right? And yet they still sin, right? So you can be uh, um, uh, part of God's people, part of God's uh, family and still have sin in your life. And, and this is how he describes their sin, right? He says, uh, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns. Cisterns are like, uh, you guys know what they are? They, 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 you dig them out by a farm to help with irrigation, to hold water. Um, so he says, uh, they dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. In, in other words, God says, man, uh, uh, my people, man, they, they've sinned against me and and, and their sin is simply this, uh, that they have stopped receiving from me and started satisfying their own longings. You guys see that? He, he says, listen, they've forsaken the spring of living water. And living water in the Bible is just a way to, to say uh, moving water. So a river is living because it's moving. Or like there's um, a spring under the ground that, that springs up a well. Right? You guys the song. <laughs> yeah, it springs up, right? Living water. It, it has a source uh, beyond what you pour into it. And he says, listen, they've rejected a source that never runs dry, me, and they've traded it for a dirty hole with a crack in it, right? Are you, are you guys with me? He's like, well, and why would we do this? And yet so often this is the, the sin of believers is to say, uh, I, uh, I know that God promises to meet my needs, but, but I'm not sure that I want him to. I'm not sure that I want him to. And as a result, it always leaves us empty. And, and, and many Christians, they do this, right? They come uh, to their Bibles looking for a fix to their life. They, they come to him in prayer, doubting that he'll really help them. Uh, uh, they come to church and feel guilty. They, they come to relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ, and they put on a show instead of being honest. And, and uh, the relationship just feels uh, forced and phony, right? And, and, uh, and, and we... we uh, somehow we know we're forgiven, but we don't know how to, to receive. And so we, we begin to try and satisfy the longings of our heart on our own. And there, are, there really are three reasons why we do this. Can I give them to you really briefly? They're not, they're not, they're not fill-ins, but, um, but here they are. The first reason is this. Um, we, uh, we don't receive from God because we're hiding from him. Uh, we, we think that uh, he's going he's gonna to judge us for the wrong things that we've done. I mean, how many, how many of you have decided, ah, I'm not going to come to church because, man, I really screwed up this week, right? Like, it's so common. And, 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 and so often, uh, we, we don't come to God's word. I mean, we don't, we don't worship him. We don't, we don't uh, stay in, in community with our, with our um, Christian brothers and sisters uh, because, man, we're afraid they're going to find out what we've done wrong, and we don't want to face the consequences. And, and here's the thing that's crazy is because— 
Uh, We know that when we're in Christ, who is our defender? Jesus, right? And so we, we've, uh, we've missed something in, in, in receiving from the source because we've missed something in recognizing that Jesus is our representative, not us. And here's the second thing. Uh, that there are times that we struggle to receive from the source, the source that is new and accessible to us as people in Christ. And it's because, man, we're trying to earn his blessings, the blessings that he's already freely given. And here's why we do this. It's because we're really afraid that we don't deserve it. And we think, uh, we think that we should deserve it before we get it. You guys, you guys ever uh, had this experience where uh, someone always pays for your coffee, right? You're like, no, 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 no. Like, you pay, you pay, I'll pay this time, right? You guys with me? Or, it, like, we have this, I, I, I mean, for years, was, this was my, uh, my response to people buying me a dinner or buying me a coffee. Is, no, 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 I, I got it. Like, and do you know, you know what, why I did that? I mean, maybe this isn't you, but for me, it was like, no, no, like, they shouldn't have to, to, to foot the bill, right? I, 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 I shouldn't have to earn the meal, right? I should have to pay for it. They shouldn't have to pay for it. I don't deserve it, right? And this is how we are with God, and so when we come to him, right, we come to his word, oftentimes uh, we, we come to him, but we, we don't receive from him because uh, we think that we have to do something to receive. Uh, we have to understand better. Uh, we have to read more consistently. Uh, we have to be more, uh, more loved. And we're so focused on what we have to do that we miss what he's offering to us. And, and, and that's the second thing. And the third thing is this, and this is the saddest one in my opinion. Uh, and, and he says it in this verse, he says, they have for forsaken me. And, and uh, man, sometimes we don't receive from the source of life simply uh, because we reject it. We reject him. And, and I think the reason that we reject uh, the source uh, of life, living water, right, is because we don't actually believe that what he's offering will satisfy us. You ever, you ever find yourself there where you're like, yeah, God, I know what you say is this, but man, I think I'll have more fun doing that. Or, or God, I I know what you say is this and that, it, man, it'll be good for me, but, uh, but I really don't think that it's going to help me, man, be positive in my, in my job, right? Or, man, I, I, uh, I, know, uh, I know what you say is this, right? Uh, but, uh, but I think this is actually going to lead somewhere too painful for me to bear. And, and, and so often we find ourselves, man, uh, digging a cistern, and pouring in as much as we can because we just don't believe that what God has to offer, this, this uh, stream of living water, is going to be enough. And the picture, it, it helps us understand how crazy that is, right? Because rivers don't run out, right? I mean, big rivers at least. And we live in a desert. But, uh, but cisterns with holes in them, man, they always find themselves empty. And, and so, man, this is how it works in our life. We, we find ourselves Man, trying to pour in things that satisfy us. We, we pour in success. We work so, so hard to, I mean, to have a win at work, at, at school, uh, in, uh, in just a, a video game, right? Like we, we strive and we strive and we strive. Or, or, or achievement. Achievement is different in, in, than success in that achievement is I just want to check off the boxes, right? I feel good if I can just get things done. Any achievers in here, right? It's not wrong to achieve, but, but when it becomes the thing that satisfies you, we just pouring this into a cistern, right? Uh, or, or church attendance or relationships or um, sex or food or drugs. When these things become the thing that we look to satisfy us, it always leaves us empty. 
I was, uh, I was meeting with a friend last week, and he said something really interesting. He said, I knew, uh, man, I knew it would leave me feeling empty, but I went anyway. Do you know, I mean, do you know why we do that? So we don't believe, we don't trust that the source will satisfy us. Man, and it's, it's so, so sad because, man, we have all experienced this, right? Where we're like, I'm not going to do that next time. Uh, that was so painful. I'm not going to go there, right? And we find ourselves right back at the thing that we hated. And, and, uh, and instead, we, man, we could have, man, uh, a, a source that, that never runs dry. And his name is Jesus. Let me end with this verse and we'll pray. It says in John 7, 37, this is Jesus, a story about Jesus. It says, on the last and most important day of the festival, in other words, everybody's partying, everybody's been eating, everybody's been drinking, everybody's been dancing, having a ton of fun, right? Just the most, one of the most satisfying things you can do in the ancient world, right, is, is go to a festival. And, and, and it says, uh, Jesus, so at the, at the end of the party, Jesus stands up and he cries out, if anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. He said this about the spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive his Holy Spirit. Just picture it, right? And Jesus, he stands up in the middle of a party and he's like, guys, don't you get it? Like, I am more satisfying than this. Man, if you walk with me, man, you'll, you'll, you'll be more full than this. In fact, man, you will always have enough because there is no crack in me. I am whole. I am perfect. Man, I am able to sustain you more than any of these things, good or bad. And uh, tonight, for you, man, are you living a life in Christ Man, allowing Jesus to be your defender, be your rock, be your fortress, be your shield. Man, or are you always rushing to prove yourself, to, uh, to, uh, to hide your cracks, uh, to, uh, to, um, to prove to others that you are worthy? Man, or are you allowing them to defend you, uh, to, uh, to credit you with his righteousness so that you don't have to strive, that you can just receive from the source? I would suspect that there, there are people in this room today who have been, been Christians their entire life but have always felt empty. And, and, and it has everything to do with, with man, uh, not ever understanding or, or maybe believing that, that being in Christ really does mean uh, that I am a new creation. Uh, maybe not new in terms of uh, having all of my struggles and weaknesses and flaws erased, but completely new in and having, man, a defender uh, who is actually able to save me. And having a source that is actually able to change me. Oh, what would it look like, right? If we always had enough uh, to pour out love and kindness and grace to the people in our life. Like, what would it look like? Because, man, that's what Jesus says, man. When you're empty, when you're in need, I am here and I am enough. Let me pray for you and then and we'll... Uh, sing one more time. Father God, for those uh, who have uh, come tonight and, man, they've just been empty, maybe for, uh, for a few weeks or a month or, or for years, God, I pray, uh, man, that you would just uh, remind them and help them to believe uh, that, man, through repentance and, and faith, that, uh, man, they have you as their defender, uh, that their sins have been dealt with at the cross, uh, that, that they, they can live with you as their Lord and Savior. 
God, that that would change man, how they come to you and that they would approach you um, knowing that you have grace to offer them. And, and, and God, for, for those um, of us in the room who, man, uh, just uh, struggle with striving, God, I, I pray, Lord God, that you would help us just to, to rest in you. And, and as we rest and receive from you, God, that, that then we would be moved and compelled by your love. Uh, God, uh, we, we ask that you would do this uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, God, that you would move in this time as we sing. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.